The attempt is brought to you by Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of functional ultralight backpacking gear designed by hikers. I've been a user and big fan of Gossamer Gear packs dating all the way back to 2012 when I was first introduced to their Mariposa, the 60 liter lightweight internal frame backpack. I've since downsized to the Gorilla, Gossamer Gear's 40 liter pack, which I used for the duration of my Pacific Crest trail through hike in 2017. I choose Gossamer Gear packs because not only are they lightweight, but they can also comfortably carry a heavier load for when I'm leaving town with too much food, snow gear, and or enough water to cover a 25 mile dry stretch. I'm also a user of several accessories sold on Gossamer Gear's website, including their hipster fanny pack, their shoulder strap pocket for my iPhone, and the Lightflex hiking umbrella to protect my fragile ginger skin against the sun and also rain. Gossamer Gear is also the maker of The One, their popular one-person trekking pole tent. It has been said to be the one you need. Listeners of the attempts can score a 15% discount at gossamergear.com by using code THEATTEMPT15 at checkout. Again, that's 15% off your cart by using code THEATTEMPT and the number 15, all one word, at checkout at gossamergear.com. This deal is only good for a limited time, so don't wait. Hey guys, so I think it's important to start this episode by wishing Benjamin a happy birthday. On September 15th of 2019, somewhere around the town of Dunsmuir, Benjamin turned 25, which is one of those birthdays that feels big, but like not a lot actually changes. There's just this one little thing. When you're 25, you can rent a car without paying that extra surcharge, which seems unhelpful when you're on the trail, But as luck would have it, on the very day of his 25th birthday, Benjamin rented a car. On the morning of his birthday, Benjamin woke up crazy early in Dunsmuir to take a 3 a.m. train to Sacramento. And from there, he rented a car and drove to South Lake Tahoe. So basically, he ended up the day 411 miles south of where he started. Now, I'm not a thru-hiker myself, but this seemed a little weird to me. So I called him up to ask him why he skipped ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the way the trail works is that if you're going southbound, you're much more restricted on time. Because typically you can't start um, until July. And that means that you have to scamper through Washington, Oregon, and Northern California in order to get through the Sierras before October 1st. And that's a much tighter timetable than northbound or south. It turns out this whole skipping ahead thing is pretty classic for southbounders. See, they have a really narrow window of time for their start, and so a lot of them do a lot of hopping around from one section to another in order to finish the whole trail in one season. But Benjamin had been hoping to just go straight through. And it wasn't really until he got to Oregon that he realized that just wasn't going to happen. He was going to have to skip ahead if he wanted to make sure he saw the Sierras. And so... It was probably around northern Oregon that I was like, yeah, no, there's no way I'm going to make it. And I had this choice of whether basically to skip NorCal or the Sierras. And um, so many people had told me that the Sierras were their favorite part. So I did 150 miles in northern California, which is kind of the first quarter of it. Um, and then at the town of Dunsmere, they have a train station. So I thought that would be a good point to get off the trail. And I took the train, a midnight train, to Sacramento. 
rented a car in Sacramento and drove to South Lake Tahoe, which is kind of the, the way the PCT um, designates the northern edge of the Sierras. Got it. The whole question of whether to skip or not came down to a personal choice. It was a question of Benjamin's priorities. Was it more important to him to strive to complete the thru-hike and potentially miss out on one of the most stunning parts of the trail? Or was he willing to sacrifice that perfectionist thing in order to increase his chances of seeing the Sierras? And my friend Antoine um, said, he, the reason I was like, come on, dude, skip with me, it'll be fun, we'll do the Sierra together, we'll definitely get through in good weather. And he goes, he just wouldn't feel right for me personally to get to the southern terminus and not have finished everything. And I couldn't really argue with that because that's like his personal feeling, right? And my personal yeah. feeling is I'll get to the Southern Terminus and I will know that I haven't completed this through hike, but I'll still feel good. Um, yeah. He knows he wouldn't. And so he probably made the right call for himself. And that is exactly what they mean when they say, hike your own hike. This is a phrase Benjamin picked up on the trail and now I say it all the time. Basically, don't waste your energy comparing your experience with other people's experience. Do what's right for you. And so what was right for Benjamin was to skip ahead. He decided to leave those 411 miles of Northern California behind. He could do them next summer. Instead, he spent his birthday in transit, heading down to South Lake Tahoe. And all the while, he was gearing up for the epic challenge that is the Sierra Mountain Range. You're listening to podcast my sister makes. <laughs> it's called the attempt. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> All right. Okay. I am wrapping up September 16th. Um, cooked dinner. Went to the bathroom. Set up my tent. Uh, now I'm just taking my socks and shoes off, and I'm going to get my hopefully warm sleeping bag shortly. Um, today was a day of ups and downs. I felt really discouraged at one point. I think it was a combination of being disoriented by skipping. I really did feel out of whack. Like, I didn't know <laughs> what direction I was walking. I couldn't picture it. Um... And then it got really cold and started snowing. Um, some areas, like a couple inches. Uh, and I lost the trail and I had to go back. And I, my hands were so cold, I couldn't use my phone to do navigation. And there's this one guy who was, you know, just the classic, like, oh, well, you skipped. Oh, well, you skipped a good part. And that kind of brought me down because I was feeling, you know, uneasy about it anyway. Um, And then it just started to get really beautiful. And that honestly turned things around for me. Um, we, kind of, we kind of entered the Sierras, or the foothills of the Sierras, which is where I am now. And I just, I was making my, you know, I was making fresh tracks in the snow. And I didn't go particularly fast today, but it started to kind of feel a little better walking again. And the whole day kind of just turned around. Um, I really don't want to drink water because I know I need to pee. I will need to pee. But I'm so thirsty. 
Ugh. As I said that I started cramping. I really do need to drink water. Shit. Alright, I think I'm set. Sleep clothes and then go to the fudge to sleep. That's all for now. Maybe it's just me, but this really reminds me of Benjamin's first week on the trail. He's pumping himself up, trying to feel good, reminding himself how beautiful it is. But you can just hear that worry in his voice. Like he's wondering what he's gotten himself into. Which I guess isn't that surprising. In some ways, skipping ahead means that he is starting over again. He's in a brand new mountain range and climate, and he's literally walking through a snowstorm, which he definitely hasn't done yet. So not only is he still feeling uneasy about skipping ahead, he's also having to adjust to all the new logistical decisions. Like what to wear in the snow, how to navigate the cold, how much water to drink, how many miles he can expect to cover each day. And as he goes on, the climbs start to get more and more extreme. Okay, this is going to be pretty brief. Um, I just crossed into 10,500 feet, heading towards Sonora Pass. I think this is the highest I've ever hiked. We just did a pretty freaking hard 2,500 foot climb over a couple of miles. Thought I was done. Got to what I thought was the pass. Realized I had another half mile and 300 feet, which was devastating. Um, today has been the hardest day for me physically. Most days around 6 p.m. I'm running out of maybe daylight or a positive attitude. Today I'm just running out of energy. I am gassed. My legs are very tired. But the good news is we're camping about three miles from the highway. So tomorrow morning, we can get a hitch in pretty easily. Um, that's all for now. This is one of the things that makes the Sierras so satisfying. They are absolutely brutal. You don't get those gorgeous views without putting in the work to get there. And I think, in a way, it's that hard work that really ends up curing Benjamin of his skipping-ahead blues. Sometimes nothing feels better than good hard work. Oh, and good company helps, too. Oh, okay, so today was a great day. I, um, around 10 a.m., I ran into two old friends and one new guy. Uh, so Beacon I met, and then Callum, or Beacon O'Brien, and then Callum uh, Saltlick. Salt Lick. And uh, Spitfire Laurent, uh, they uh, they'd skipped a different uh, stretch, and so we kind of reunited here, which was great. Um, today turned out to be the toughest day of hiking that, in my opinion, um, really kicked my ass, especially coming over to the high pass when it just shat snow on us. Um, but we had kind of this you know specific goal in mind of trying to get very close to the road so we could hitch in easy tomorrow. And uh, I felt like we, like I was definitely, I was definitely going to hit that. <laughs> I wasn't going to um, stop short today. Uh, Callum battled through a uh, ingrown toenail, which did not look fun. And just in general, it was, it was a toughie. Uh, but we all learned to shred it. 
<laughs> and uh, I am warm and cozy in my sleeping bag right now. Just had some Mexican chicken and rice. Um, feel pretty good. And hopefully I won't have to pee out into my vestibule too many times tonight. That's my hope. All right, that's all. Hey, Julia. This is a different sort of recording than normal. Um, so I'm walking. Uh, there's no one around me, and I could tell there's no one in front of me for a while, so I played a podcast out loud on my phone. And I wanted to listen to something that I knew I liked but hadn't listened to in a while, so I picked your episode about the sun. I think it was called The Light is Doing a Show Today. I just want to pause for a second to explain. He's talking about a different podcast here, one that I made before this one called Going Forward. And the episode he's talking about is all about our relationship with daylight and designing our lives around the sun. Anyway, back to Benjamin. And I was, first of all, I liked it the first time I listened to it. But after being hiking for two and a half months and being so regulated and so impacted by the sun... I was kind of blown away anew. I mean, it literally brought tears to my eyes. This month, I've, you know, probably said to five or six different people, I can see why ancient people worshipped the sun. Because it's so, it is so important for me. Um, And I also have said that my top five moments on the trail are all sunrises or sunsets. Which kind of goes into the balance between like the, you know, you need one to, you need the night to appreciate the sun. And it's also just notable that everyone's talking about the days getting shorter. And we feel it when you're outside all the time. You just, you feel that in a different way. Um, and then the other thing that I was thinking about is hiking in the night, which I do almost every day now. I'm not very fast, so to keep my pace... I typically hike 30 minutes to an hour into the dark and there's this balance in that that it's uncomfortable you know you put your headlamp on but there's something almost like you know it's like a cold shower on a hot summer day like cold shower isn't the best thing but on a hot summer day it can feel really good and the contrast with just the peace of night It's pretty cool. I hadn't really thought of this before. The sun is so precious when you're hiking, partially because the hours of sunlight are finite. And you're so aware of it because you're outside all the time. And then every morning, it comes back again. The rhythm of it all, the ups and the downs of the mountain passes, the cold and the warm, the snow and the sunshine, the day and the night... Each makes the other more valuable. And the balance is what makes the process of hiking all day feel variable and interesting. No one would through-hike the PCT if it weren't for that balance, the variety of experiences you have along the way. It would be like running a marathon on a treadmill. And for Benjamin, it seems like that rhythm and contrast, it's kind of carrying him through the tough parts. 
and there are definitely tough parts. Uh, it is September 19th. Um, I am uh, getting ready to go to bed. Um, here's just a couple funny things that haven't really gone my way. Uh, first of all, I was actually really excited to listen to the episode of The Attempt. And when I was in town today, um, briefly, I made sure to download it so I could listen to it. And during a kind of tough stretch this afternoon, as I was trying to push miles, I was like, when I get in my tent tonight, I can listen to it. And I downloaded the wrong fucking episode. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, it's hilarious. I think the uh, infection under my toenail is back. It had gone away for a while. Now uh, I also ran out of fuel. And all my dinners require fuel, so I guess I'll be cold soaking now, which a lot of people do. But uh, not with, like, this pasta alfredo shit. So it's going to be three nights of pretty bad news. It's quite cold. It's it snowed on me, like, three out of three days in the Sierras. I woke up today. Um, cold as hell, but feeling pretty good. But then after about 30 minutes of getting ready, I started to get this just horrible stomachache. Um, really don't feel good. So, I'm taking it easy. Basically, walking hurts. Keeping in mind the possibility that I might need to backtrack and go back into town to, like, loosen my hip belt because it's pushing um, too tight. I feel a little better after taking a couple of Pepto-Bismol. I'm not going too fast, but I'm, I am moving forwards because I don't want to just sit down. But I just, I don't know how I would go up a pass like this. It hurts too bad. Um, yeah, hopefully my next update's better. Goodness gracious, I'm cold. I should really get my sleeping bag. <sighs> okay. So, one of my favorite NBA writers, Zach Lowe, has this column, I think it's called, Things I Think I Think. So he kind of just like, he's not sure about something, he, yeah, it's a funny way to put out hot takes without really staking himself to them too much. So here's some things I think I think. I think I'm going to run out of toilet paper before I get to Tuolumne Meadows. 60 miles. I think I'm gonna get through the Sierras before the snow gets bad. I think the trail goes this way. Yeah, okay. Alright, that'll count as one. Um, I think my stomach ache from this morning was altitude sickness. Um, feels a lot better. I think I'm going to start cold soaking all my meals in the desert and become one of those guys. I think I'm going to finish the trail uh, between November 8th and November 12th. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's good for now. Saturday morning. Um, I am off to my latest start in months. And I am happy with that decision. I felt really shitty last night. I woke up with headaches every couple hours. And just... I think the altitude is really getting to me. I didn't sleep well. I'm filtering water, that's what that noise is. The plastic bottle crinkles. 
Um, and I think the worst thing I could have done would be get up at 5.15 and be on the trail at 6.45, which is normal. So instead, I got up at 6.30 and then lay there for a while and then had a relaxing breakfast. I had some of the delicious chocolate that my mom sent me. Um, I packed my bag really nicely, <laughs> which is kind of like a small pleasure, but like makes me feel very organized. taking it easy on myself today. I still kind of want to push it when I'm actually out on the trail. See if I can, you know, make good time today. But the headache's gone away a lot and I'm feeling a lot better. Now, this no longer reminds me of the beginning of the hike. I think Benjamin's getting more comfortable living in the uncertainty that comes with being out on the trail. Rather than getting twisted up into knots about every little thing, he's choosing to laugh about his uncertainty, to not cling too tightly to the things he thinks, and instead to just roll with the punches. I think he's also getting more comfortable with discomfort. It's snowing and cold and he has altitude sickness. Okay, it'll pass, and it does. And in the meantime, he focuses on chocolate and the pleasures of taking a slow morning. And slowly, surely, the discomfort passes. Mm. I got a mouthful of peanut butter tortilla, but I am at, okay, there we go. I'm at Smedberg Lake, which is about two thirds of the way up uh, Benson Pass. I have another 1,000 feet to go up to the pass. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't look too bad. And I'm really enjoying my rest here. This is maybe my favorite lake in California. Yeah, definitely my favorite lake in California. Yeah, I mean, this is just awesome. Sun is out. No one else is here. Someone else is behind me. She's on her way. She'll probably chill here for a bit with me, and she's really cool. Um, this recording. Okay. It's however long you want. So I introduce myself, say my name. And then, and then just like, like either how your day's going, your week's going, what's okay. on your mind. Okay. What you're looking forward okay, to. Okay, sorry, you're recording. Whoops. Okay, my, my trail name is Flawless, and it's an ironic name. And today it felt particularly ironic because... Uh, we've just been going over crazy terrain and I feel like I got my shit rocked. (laughs) My feet hurt, my knees hurt, but came over the top of this hill and Brass was sitting here at this lake and it's probably the most unreal place I've ever seen. I don't know what it feels like, but it's good. And I'm really looking forward to a cup of coffee at Tuolumne Meadows. (laughs) In two days. Um, I'm trying to think of what else would be interesting to say. Alright. I'm going to do an update on the last few days. A couple days ago, I got into Tuolumne Meadows. I don't think I've made a recording since then. And that was kind of nice because there were a lot of other southbounders there. And we all kind of made the plan to camp at the base of the next pass, 
and then tackle it the next morning. And so we did, and I kind of all day I was walking with different people. And partway through the day, I realized, wait a minute, I could camp tonight or I could power through and actually make it to uh, like the parking lot by this feature called Devil's Post Pile. And if I did that, I could get a ride into Mammoth. And I kind of turned on the jets and I, it was fun. And I got there and the parking lot was just empty. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, I'll camp here. But after waiting 20 minutes, just kind of sitting there, waiting for it to get dark, I saw headlights and this older former park ranger kind of crazy dude was pulling out. And I basically got in front of his car and was like, please take me. He was a little hesitant, but he did. And so I took the next day off in Mammoth. I kind of toyed around with the idea of you know, pushing on at night, but I was like, you know what? I hauled ass to get here. I'll stay. I deserve the full day. Um, had two relatively decent nights of sleep. I don't really sleep past like five anymore, but whatever. Woke up this morning and I talked to my good friend, James Page. And as I was hanging up, I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to go hit the bakery and grab a hitch out to the trail. And he's like... <laughs> what is your life? And it was a good little reality check that like, what a charmed little existence I have that it was like 6.15 in the morning. My only things on my agenda were to go to the bakery and then hitch in. And I did, I got a really easy hitch. And then today I kind of really started out slow. I was really struggling as my body readjusted to the altitude. And I wound up like three miles short of my initial goal. I wanted to go up and over a pass. And I'm just below it. But this is the best campsite I've had the entire trip. I'm like, it's just so damn pretty. These big rocks above me and there's a lake and a river. It's awesome. And I'm eating dinner now. All right. A couple nights later, Benjamin found himself at a very different sounding campsite. My tent stays off. Fuck. So it's uh, about 8.30 at night. I don't know if you can hear the wind, but it's uh, we're at about 11,000 feet at the end of September. And I guess it gets pretty windy and stormy here in the Sierras. So... Tonight's supposed to be wind chill down to 8 degrees. So we are bundled up. <laughs> My friends uh, Spark and Phantom are really nice guys. They're sharing a tent. Um, I'm in my solo tent. They're sharing to keep warm. I'm in my solo tent wearing basically all the clothes I have. Uh, and we're nestled into some trees to get us some cover. But uh tent is still kind of popping around a bit. Had a nice warm dinner and got my sleeping bag and my sleeping bag liner. Without my sleeping bag liner, I'd be fucked. It'd be bad news. Um, these past few days have been good. Um, we've been going up and over passes. Um, and they all are about uh, between twelve and 14,000 feet. So it's a kind of a, a long slog, maybe like a 20 mile hike up to get to one or 10 mile hike up. 4,000, 5,000 feet of elevation gain. You get up to the top and you're in snow and there's just kind of crazy wind. And then you 
head back down into the kind of warmth of the valley and then you do it again. And I like that. I like the kind of sequential nature of the journey. It feels like you're breaking in chunks. Okay, I'm getting cold. These are objectively really tough conditions. Eight degrees with wind chill, camping on a snowy mountainside with wind whipping at your tent. It just makes me think that the only thing that makes it possible to do something like this is knowing that eventually it's going to end. And Benjamin's starting to think about that more and more. As his time in the Sierras comes to a close, the finish line is starting to come into view. And I think it makes windy nights like this one not just survivable, but even kind of fun. Hey, it's uh, August 3rd, and we are, I'm in a group of four right now, uh, some really cool guys, uh, Spark and Phantom and AI, and we, uh, it's been a while since we made a recording, but we've actually finished all the high passes of the Sierras, uh, closing in on just a month left, so feeling like making progress and having a lot of fun. Near the end of Benjamin's trip through the Sierras, he and his group at the time decided to take a little detour to go up Mount Whitney. It's technically not part of the PCT, but it's a popular add-on. So the morning of the ascent, they woke up in the middle of the night, in the pitch dark, so they could try to make it to the top by sunrise. And just a little while before the sun made it up, Benjamin got to the top of the mountain and stepped into a little wind shelter to wait for his friends. Oh man, okay. This is one of the best moments of the trail so far. Um, I just got to the top of Mount Whitney, the tallest point, highest point in the contigu- in the lower 48. And there's like seven of us. I'm the first one up. Um, and holy shit, it was so fucking cold. The wind almost blew me down five or six times. It was just in our face. Kind of feeling altitude sickness, headache, stomach ache. But at the top, there's a little shelter. So I got in here, put me all my layers on, and uh, gonna watch the sunrise. Show starts pretty soon. I'm excited for others to get here. Everyone should make it pretty soon. Oh man, she feels special. Just a few minutes later, Spark, Phantom, Mary Poppins, and 6:30, the rest of his crew, got to the top two. And just in time for the show. There it is! Woo! Go <laughs> down, son! Ow, Six forty-four. Your app was right. Oh. Your app was right. 
one minute too early. Fuck you, Sam. Fuck the sun. <laughs> Suck it, America. We get first son. You've been listening to The Attempt, produced by me, Julia Drachman, with editing help from Doug Byers. We are a production of Bad Cat Media, created in partnership with The Trek, a media company dedicated to thru-hiking and long-distance backpacking enthusiasts. Find all the episodes of The Attempt at thetrek.co slash theattempt. You can also find more information about Bad Cat Media on our website, www.badcat.media. Or you can follow us at badcat underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. The music you heard in this episode is from Blue Dot Sessions. Also, if you're enjoying the show, maybe you want to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Reviews help the show get discovered by people, and they also totally make my day. So you can do that, or you can just go old school and tell your friends about the attempt. Either way, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode will be out in a week. And I basically got in front of his car and was like, please take me. He was a little hesitant, but he did. And he turned out to be a pretty interesting guy. He's like, yeah, this one time this bear was really interested in me. And he gave this whole thing about this bear was around his campsite. And in the end, he's like, well, the bear got the garbage bag that I was storing my fresh meat in. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, well, I, I like meat. So I like to carry fresh meat with me when I backpack. I was like, well, that's why the bear was there. So then he started storing his meat in his sleeping bag which I thought was interesting. And he said he, there wasn't too much blood.